Sawbones is going to go first. No, Schmanners is going to go first. No, Sawbones is going to go first. It's Schmanners. Everyone. What a mass of humanity. Hello, Internet and Salt Lake City. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. Hi. Hello. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Okay. And you're listening to and watching Schmanners. This is gonna take forever. <laughs> it's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm so scared. Yes, the people of Salt Lake City are very intimidating <laughs> with their raucous enjoyment of things. I will say, it's rare that we perform in a theater with like zero wing space. So it was really weird when the music started and we were waiting to enter, but also we were already on stage. So like, it was very like performative, literally at that point of just like, and now. And it was very arbitrary. Hi, we're so happy to be here. This is our first time in Salt Lake City outside of the airport. We have been to your airport many, many We've times. We've been to that airport. Oh, it's beautiful, that airport. Oh, it's the atmosphere, the culture of that airport. For some reason, there's a sign that points to the jazz room, which I have to imagine is where you smoke marijuana in the airport. Those jazz cigarettes. That's what it has to be, because otherwise, that's the... I don't know why a jazz room makes more sense if it's, anyway, it's not important. So, um, as you may have guessed from our funny intro, <laughs> we're gonna talk about some famous rivalries in society and culture throughout the ages. Um, and we wanted to best demonstrate that through sibling rivalry. Um, that's how we entered because um, Justin and I. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> we love each other very much now. Maybe not so much when we were 13 and 10. I remember once, this is uh, a, a sibling Justin and I fight that is incredibly indicative of both who I am. Well, it's, I guess about him too, but mostly me. And it was one time, so this thing at Miller Elementary where we both, I guess so it would have been what, like 12 and nine, maybe something, whatever elementary school ages are. And they did a, a lip sync every year where you would lip sync for your life and, no, um, to, to win awards. And I took it very seriously. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and I decided one year that I was going to do a, a song from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of Their Shells tour. Like you do. 
And so I began practicing it months in advance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with my little Walkman and headphones, like practicing on vacation. And All Justin, I think, was just like talking to mom and dad, and I got so mad at him for interrupting my rehearsal. <laughs> but I love him now. I've forgiven him. It took years, but. Anyways, let's talk about rivalries. Um, These are in no particular order, but I do have several, uh, you know, different types of rivalries. The first one I'd like to mention takes place in the 19th century, the second half of the 19th century, during the Bone Wars. You remember when all those skeletons showed up? We don't talk about it in mainstream history, but we all remember. So at one point, um, people were like really crazy about dinosaur bones. Not like now. (laughs) Now everyone's like, I get it. Where's the new dinosaurs? (laughs) And then Bryce Dallas Howard just keeps making them bigger. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was these fossils that they were finding were, I mean, you, you couldn't take a step in the desert without finding one. That's not true. There was a lot of them. It's hyperbole. Um, And so- I've never heard of that dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Thank you. Uh, Edward Dinkler Cope and Nathaniel Charles March. Wait, what was his name? Nathaniel. Nathaniel? Yeah. Like he just forgot a letter? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Marsh- Are there any Nathaniels in the audience? Oh, no. Okay. Ooh. Just kidding. It's a lovely name. My grandmother's name was Nathaniel. Anyway, um, so Cope and Marsh were two brilliant paleontologists in this in this budding new field. Um, and so a lot of the things that they were doing were being published almost immediately in scientific journals. Um, at one point though, these, uh, these friendly paleontologists turned rivals. <gasps> yes. When, when one had an affair with the other one's dinosaur. No, that's disgusting. Um, hey, whoa! When No shame! When Cope showed a fossil that he had just put back together of, please excuse me, uh, Elasmosaurus. Got it in one. Which which was a large marine reptile from the late Cretaceous period. Um, So Marsh pointed out that he thought that the vertebrae that Cope had stacked were placed upside down. So they called in a third party um, and his name was Leedy, another, he was uh, an academy curator. Um, and he, <laughs> he looked at it and he was like, hmm. And he took off the head and he took off the tail and he switched them. He's like, yeah, that's better. Wait, how did he know? Oh, I remember this. Okay. Uh, you know, all those, I, I don't Maybe because the butt was in the wrong place? Maybe, maybe the butt. But your butt's under your chin. That can't be right. Um, and so afterwards, the butt bone. <laughs> this this finding had already been published and photographed incorrectly, uh, and it had oh. Cope's name on it. Oh. 
Ugh. So in a frenzy, he tried to collect all the copies of the publication that was coming out. Um, but then Leedy, the guy who they brought in to, uh, to be kind of like the referee, he exposed the cover up at the next meeting of the Academy of Natural Sciences. Wait, but hold on, then what? Wait, but then why is the rivalry between Cope and Marsh when Leedy sounds like a jerk? Okay, well, so the, the reason that the rivalry got bad is because since Cope had this error published, Marsh took the opportunity to go back and try and find new fossil discoveries, right? So they were like, ah, I can do better than that. Look at that. He did it wrong. I'm going to do it right. And they kept, like, jostling back and forth using things like bribery and, um, and bullying and dynamite. Yeah, okay. I remember this now from Drunk History where one, like, made a discovery and the other one came in on the cover of night and blew up his discovery. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Dynamite. <laughs> listen, listen. I could have made a setup to that punchline, but why? <laughs> I just look where I got. We just teleported to the end of the joke. Um, they badmouthed each other in the press. Um, they extorted each other. They, uh, I know. I'm what? This was serious. They hey, give me back that $150 I gave you. <laughs> um, and at first, really, it was only contained in the scientific journals, but at some point, all of this craziness got to the newspapers. So, like, it just exploded. Uh. Oh. And although the rivalry was, was quite, quite poisonous to their personal relationships, they did find so many new fossils because of this. And if they hadn't, uh, you know, pitted themselves against each other and probably wouldn't have the, you know, the variety of dinosaur specimens that we have today. That's just like how Dad used to pit Justin and I against each other to see who could be funniest as he sat upon his comedy throne. But that's a story for a different time. Um, and then I wanted to talk about, here's a, here's a little rivalry, rivalry you may have heard of. Hamilton and Burr? Wait, the kitchen appliances? No. Okay. Um, so at this That point, only works if you know there's a thing called the Burr Grinder. It's not important. At this point in our culture, we're fairly familiar with the story that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has Who? told. Although it does contain, you know, certain dramatic exaggerations. There was no such person as George Washington, <laughs> for example. But the bare bones facts of it are that um, their feud really started in the presidential election of 1800, where Hamilton advised his fellow Federalists to vote for Thomas Jefferson over Burr, even though um, historically they had kind of teamed up against Jefferson. Um, and 
Four years later, when Burr tried to revive his political career because it was a, a disastrous defeat for him, um, Republicans and Federalists, including Hamilton, uh, they delivered the most crushing defeat for him in the New York gubernatorial election. Um, and some of Hamilton's more disparaging comments made it to press. He's a stink face <laughs> and a poop butt. <laughs> I'm sorry to use such strong language, Salt Lake City. And in the spring of 1804, when Burr refused to ignore them any longer and Hamilton refused to apologize... He shot him! Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> they had a fatal duel. Yeah. 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 A duel of the fates. You're welcome. Also by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Lynn, are you here? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome, but no. No, because he would upstage me. I want to be the most famous person in the room. Where Why, it, it reminds me of when my dad used... You stepped on my joke. Sorry, what'd you say? You said in the room, and I said where it happens. Okay. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, so I want to talk about a sibling rivalry, much like you were discussing earlier, between Jackie Kennedy and Lee uh, Razawil. Uh, they were sisters. Oh, okay. You threw me with the different last names. <laughs> right. Well, they, they used to be Bouvier before they got married. Okay. Uh, no, they didn't marry each other. You know what I mean. <laughs> When they got married to their respective husbands. Okay, anyway, um, so they were raised in Upper New York society in the 1940s. Their mother, Janet, uh, was a... <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Because I want to make a vocal distinction between the three women. I know, it just kind of sounded like you had personal beef with Janet. <laughs> their mother, Janet. Well. She knows what she did. She... She's a real character. Yeah, actually. Okay. She was not a very kind mother. Mm. Um, she was a bad mother. Well. And you're supposed to say, shut your mouth. And I say, just talk about Janet. And you say, we. I don't right. know that. Is that a song? I failed you. Okay, go on. Go on. Okay. Um, and so... Uh, she was grooming them to, wary, to marry wealthy men and take a similar role in society as, as she had. Um, but their first marriages were not approved by her. Um, I, I mean, John F. Kennedy was really great as far as like his political aspirations and family wealth, but he had kind of, uh, she thought that he was distrustful for his reputation for slandering. Mm. And as we know now, she was wrong. <laughs> she also didn't enjoy Lee's first husband, Michael Canefield. He was a publishing executive, so he was definitely rich enough, but his role in society wasn't high enough for her. Just um, books. Who needs them? That's what I say. Anyways, book two of The Adventure Zone. You can pre-order it now. So Janet convinced Lee to divorce him after six years, just kind of 
ate away at their marriage to get home. Wow. Um, and then, so the thing that really solidified the rivalry between the two sisters was um, when Lee and Canfield, Canfield, excuse me, Canfield split, um, Canfield let everybody know that Lee would brag about sleeping with her sister's husband. What? Uh, apparently they would often vacation together, you know, like a couple's thing. Um, and, um, what? And one of the times that uh, it was proposed that they uh, got together behind Jackie's back was right after the birth of their daughter, Caroline. Uh, you know what? I'm glad he's dead. Okay, so this was really kind of the first, uh, the first of many affairs that Lee had. Um, I'm not, that was, I just realized I was doing a whole bit, but you couldn't hear it, people listening at home. Yeah. Yeah. But also, if you are also glad he's dead, then I was serious. So like, take it, whatever makes you happy. Um, uh, she had... Whatever lots... makes you like me more than Justin. Are you done? Yeah. She had lots of affairs, um, uh, but she continued having uh, extramarital affairs after she married a member of the Polish aristocracy. Um, uh, Stanislaw Albrecht Razowil. Okay. Um, who, <laughs> Do you need a tissue? <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> who renounced his title when he became a British citizen and lived in London, but she still uh, referred to herself as a princess. Mm, cool. That's probably a fun person to be around. Yeah. Uh, in 19- you know who's allowed to do that? Charlie, our, my four-year-old niece. Yeah. That's it. Here comes the kicker. In 1962, she started an affair with Aristotle Onassis. Wait, Lee did? Yes. Wait, but didn't... Wait, what? Wait. Huh? Uh, and then she introduced him to her sister. Now, um, only a month after meeting Mr. Onassis, uh, JFK was assassinated, um, and Mr. Probably not connected, those no, two not, events, though. not connected. Wink! Um, and so, while the former first lady was in no position to be starting a new relationship, they did actually hang out a lot. Um, and they in, went to see movies. In 1967, he invited her to his private Greek island, I know, right? And swept him, swept her off his, her feet, um, where they got married. Um, and Jackie, no, Janet, sorry, mother Janet, she was kind of upset because she knew that Lee actually still really liked Mr. Onassis, but ja- uh, Jackie got married to him in 1968. So it was kind of like, you know, a tug of war between the two women. Mm. I don't know why, but I root for Jackie. Maybe because she's the only one I know of the chair. It's like when you watch the Super Bowl and you're like, I'm pretty sure I know where the Broncos play. Maybe. 
Um, on Janet's deathbed, uh, she was cared for mostly by Jackie, but once Janet died, she, she was cared for by Lee. Jackie found out that um, her mother had paid her sister a quarter of a million dollars to make up for uh, the mother favoring Jackie when the girls were young. That's fair. I'm just saying, listen, I've made a lot of jokes about Justin, but Griffin's the favorite. I can stand for dad to pay me 250. Well, Jackie got the last laugh, because when she died, she left Lee completely out of her will. Nice. The quote... Now, why, do, why am I celebrating that? I don't know, but like, yeah. Get her. The quote that we are left with in Jackie's will as to why she didn't leave Lee any of her vast fortune it's is... <laughs> I have already provided for my sister during my lifetime. Dang, right? Got yeah. her. Got her. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, I have two more, but I think I'm going to cut the second one. So. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so the last one I'm going to talk about is Elizabeth the Queen Mother and the American socialite Wallace Simpson. I, you... I can guess who won. <laughs> the one with Queen in her name. Yeah. Okay. I'm Wallace Simpson, the queen of a country. No. Oh. She was the, the Duchess of Windsor. Okay, Wallace still. Simpson. Anyway, anyway, okay, so the backstory is, um, so uh, Edward, the son of Queen Mary, the first, uh, so the first uh, son, so there's Edward, and then there's George, right? So Edward abdicated the throne in 1936 because... He wanted to marry a commoner? He wanted to marry an American. Same who had thing. <laughs> Wait. Oh, self-zing. And it, it wasn't that she was American because a lot of, um, of British royal family marry Americans, especially at this time period. Um, but it was because she had been divorced twice. And when they got together, she wasn't officially divorced the second time. Yeah. Um, and so his family uh, was ashamed. <laughs> of just that? No, not, not just that. Um, he decided to abdicate over her because, like, he petitioned the government, he petitioned the church, and the government was like, mm, can't save you here. Um, because at that time, all marriages had to be approved by the reigning sovereign. Um, they don't really anymore, even though you still ask for it because, you know, it's nice. But... Um, it wasn't in, it was in the law at that point, and it isn't in the law anymore. Um, and so uh, there was just this kind of like fog around the two wherever they went. And before they got Literally? together, no. <laughs> before they got together, everyone was really excited for Edward to be king. Um, but it was seen as a, as a large disappointment for the royal family. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get to the Queen's rivalry <clears throat> with Wallace Shawn. What? Oh, Wallace Simpson, sorry. <clears throat> can I, can I? Yeah. 
I'm sorry, my throat's a little dry. Excuse me. Everybody stop talking. Continue. Okay, um, so in 1935 was when like the crap hit the fan. Because you can't say that in Salt Lake City. I can say crap. I know. Even that's too much. Sorry, everyone. Because the family refused, the family at Buckingham Palace refused uh, to receive her formally. So she was allowed in the door. They weren't like kicking her out, but she didn't get all of like the pomp and circumstance. They didn't do that like the big state does. events kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so. Here is the, the way that the rivalry began. Because Edward abdicated the throne and then George was given the throne and Elizabeth was George's wife, the Queen Elizabeth, the sec second. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. There was that other Queen Elizabeth, <coughs> a little bit of a big deal. And then the boat. Uh, right. The boat. The boat, QE2. Oh, okay. It's a Not little... a joke, it was real. It was a joke. It could be a joke and the truth at the same time. Hi, welcome to my master class on jokes. Um, so, but the thing is, George was quite a quiet man, very nervous. If you've seen the movie The King's Speech, he had a, a terrible stutter. Um, and while Elizabeth was a very supportive wife, she was also very kind of shy and reserved. Um, and they preferred to more like live out in the country and do the thing that the, you know, the spare does instead of the heir. Um, that's what it's called, a, an heir and a spare? That's not what it's called. That's what we call our toilet paper at home, no, honey. that's what they call it. I don't you, think should always, you should always deliver two rolls of toilet paper to a bathroom that runs out of toilet paper because you need an air and a spare. Spares. So she felt very, uh, Queen Elizabeth felt very thrust upon the throne and the royal life and she blamed Wallace Simpson. Um, whereas Wallace Simpson wanted to be queen, duh. So she blamed Queen Elizabeth. Um, and this feud that was largely just, you know, snubs started and lasted for 50 years. That's a long time to hold a grudge, I think. Yeah. Too, too long. Too long, if you ask me. Um, How long is long enough? One calendar year. Okay. Um, That's it. How many of you sitting out there just went, one, two, three, four? Oh. That would be long enough for me. It may not be long enough for you. Everyone's an individual, and they deserve to do what they want. Okay. Uh. Um, so one of the outward signs of this feud, because it really wasn't communicated between the two women, um, it was more communicated around. Wait, the they two knew women. they were in a oh, rivalry. Oh no, they okay. definitely did, but they didn't like yell and scream at each other because they're royals. Mm -hmm. um, they just like subtweeted each other. So at Buckingham Palace in November 1934, she was introduced to the uh, to uh, George and Elizabeth. And um, it is reported that Elizabeth coolly regarded the American and gave her a regal nod. Like this. Mm. Others. 
Others in the room, Wallace not included, knew that this was a sign of Elizabeth's deep disapproval. Um, <laughs> so then Wallace really tried to stick it to her and... Gave her um, a nod back that was deeper. <laughs> <laughs> and at one formal event, uh, Elizabeth walked in on uh, Wallace actually mocking her openly, like putting on her British accent. Oh, snap! And that didn't go over well. Um, and so, she was not amused. And so <laughs> later, after Edward had become king, but before he hadn't abdicated, um, they had a, a dinner party, like you do, and um, Wallace was acting as hostess, you know, greeting people at the door, shaking hands. Elizabeth reportedly sailed right past her, didn't look her in the eye, and said, I have come to dine with the king. <gasps> Snaffle. Snap, crackle, pop. Yep. Rice Krispies. Um, and so here's the thing. Um, after, after Edward abdicated the throne, um, he and Wallace visited Germany a lot in the 19, okay. in the 1940s. Oh. And. That's an important factor. <laughs> Actually, like, went to parties with Hitler. Oh, oh you hate to hear that, you don't to, you? You really hate to hear oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, he was labeled a Nazi sympathizer and the British royal Just family. because he played charades with Hitler. <laughs> they were on opposite teams. The British royal family had to take care of that, so they, um, along with the title of Duke and Duchess of Windsor, they were given a governorship in the Bahamas. That's called retirement. <laughs> uh, and it really didn't help in the press that they constantly talked about how they were marooned in the Bahamas. And uh, <laughs> war-torn war Britain was like, uh-uh. No, -uh. don't, don't. You guys do not get to complain about being on a tropical island while we're getting bombed. Okay, thanks. You're getting bombed over there, and we're getting bombed over here. But it's not funny because people die, you jerks. Is that gonna do it for us? No, I, I have. I'm sorry, we're over time, but I do need to, unfortunately, end with deaths. What? Well, because it's part of the healing process of the feud. Um, I guess. Well, we that is one way to end a feud. One more slight, last slight being when King George died, which was shortly after the war, because that can be a lot of stress on anybody. Um, yeah. Elizabeth actually blamed Wallace for it because she was like, my husband would never have been king if your husband hadn't married you, so like, you All killed right. my husband. That's a weird kind of logic. Yeah. If it weren't for you, there wouldn't have been World War II? No, no, no. She didn't blame the war oh, on Wallace. Oh, okay. But if George... If you hadn't helped Hitler win charades. If George hadn't been king, he wouldn't have been so stressed. And he was king because Edward wanted to marry Wallace instead of be king. I mean, I guess. 
But it's, really, I guess you could blame, I don't know, Hitler? It's a long trail. Anyway, okay. So, this was about 50 years later, and when the Duke of Windsor, so uh, Edward, died, um, Elizabeth attended his funeral at Windsor, which, you know, which is good, because considering he was practically politically exiled, they still had his funeral at Windsor. Um, Where I hope to have my funeral. Sure. I, I'll be dead. I won't know any different. Um, it was, it has been said that others in attendance were astonished to see her, Elizabeth, gently steer the, the sedated widow to a sofa and start to chat with her. So finally, when both of their husbands were dead... <laughs> the healing process began. <laughs> And when Wallace died in 1986, um, it is also reported that Elizabeth was amongst the chief mourners of her death. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you all so very much yes, for coming. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Salt Lake City. Um, uh, thank you, Max Fun. Thank you, Brent, for our opening and closing theme. Thank you, Kayla Ann Wassel, for our... Uh, Twitter thumbnail art. And Keely Weiss Photography for our Facebook fan page, fan run, Facebook group, Schmanners, Fanners, you should join it. And MaximumFun.org, and that's going to do it for us. Join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it! <laughs>are the host of my brother my brother me and now nearly 10 years into our podcast the secret can be revealed all the clues are in place and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin embedded in each episode of my brother my brother and me is a micro clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big beautiful blue world of ours so start coming through the episodes uh let's say starting at episode 101 on yeah the early episodes are pretty problematic so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on well Alexis, we got big news Uh oh season one done it's over season two Coming at you hot three years after <laughs> three right season three one. Now. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. It podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then in season two, we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> also am. Uh, field troops. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog, now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org.